You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fence side. It ain't the left side or the right side. Thank you, Solo D. Welcome back to On the Fence Side here with Paul Picken and Brian Catanzaro going all over all of the Miami Dolphins news as we approach free agency in the NFL draft. So we're going to run through several of the Dolphins roster moves over the last week, a few different things to talk about, some exciting things to talk about for here in February. Paul, first, uh, you know, it's been several weeks. Are you still going through football withdrawals? A little bit, but like kind of like you, I know once that off season hits, I'm already like looking up every every player out there, looking at scenarios, reaching and grabbing at what what could be and what should be and what will be and won't be. So it definitely keeps me going for a little while. The football withdrawals set in around June. Me too. And you look back at the Dolphins making the playoffs for the first time. Now they're going to have a lot of salary cap room, and now they're going to have a little bit more. They released Mario Williams. Earl Mitchell, and uh, cornerback Aiku Ekbru, Alume, Ashley Olsen, something close to that. Um, <laughs> we'll get to that in just a second. But first, Paul, the big news, the Dolphins seem to, it looks like they are on March 9th going to acquire Julius Thomas for a seventh round draft pick. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for that. I, I, I know we'll talk about it a lot more in, in some coming shows in, re- in regards to, to Deion Sims, but I, I really think that if Miami does end up getting Julius Thomas as everything points to for March 9th for that seventh round pick. He and Deion Sims could really form an absolutely dynamic pairing at tight end, given the emergence that Sims has had, as well as the receiving threat that Julius Thomas can be. I mean, sure, he struggled down in Jacksonville. Who doesn't in that offense? That offense was just an absolute dud this year. I'm excited, man. I, I really am. It's it's everything Jordan Cameron should have been but couldn't be. He did struggle in Jacksonville. He also played 21 games. And, you know, when you look at it, nine touchdowns over 21 games, numbers aren't all that bad. I think the bigger concern with him was staying healthy. You know, Deion Sims has had a similar problem. But the last time Julius Thomas was in Denver, 24 touchdowns over two years with Adam Gase. Yes, Peyton Manning was his quarterback, but Ryan Tannehill is going to be somewhere between Blake Bortles and Peyton Manning. Deion Sims is an interesting one because it'll be fascinating to see if they're still going to look at Deion Sims and re-sign him with Julius Thomas on the roster. Yeah, and and one thing I thought was interesting as well, it, it sounds like by all reports that there were a lot of teams inquiring about Julius Thomas, but Julius Thomas essentially, and I know we'll dive into it a little bit, is taking a pay cut to come to Miami um, and, and reappropriating some of those those funds as incentive-based because he wanted to 
go back to playing under Adam Gase, which which says a lot to me uh, in terms of him wanting to be here, not just them trading for a player, everything else be damned. Five years, $46 million is the contract that Julius Thomas did sign with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And like you said, that is expected to be scaled back after the trade. And in addition to that, uh, it's going to be very incentive-based too, which is a good thing for a 29-year-old player. You know, it's I look at Deion Sims and Julius Thomas, and it sounds ridiculous, but I, I think physically at least, they're similar players. They're 6'5", 260. The only difference is Deion Sims has not had the production because of injury problems, because of rawness, where Julius Thomas was really put in those situations and excelled in those situations too. So Julius Thomas looks to be a member of the Miami Dolphins on March 9th. Paul, also, we're not done trading with the Jacksonville Jaguars, it appears. Looks like the Dolphins are close to sending Brandon Albert to the the Jacksonville Jaguars for a seventh-round pick this year. So, you know, we talked about a lot of different offensive line combinations. Maybe keep Laramie Tunzel at left guard for another year. You have Albert at left tackle, but the Dolphins sped up the process, and looks like Laramie Tunzel will be the Dolphins' left tackle, and they're going to be in search for not one but two offensive guards. Yeah, and a lot of that, by by the reports I've been reading and hearing, it, it, it turned out that given the emergence of Laramie Tunzel during his rookie season, given the job that he did even when he filled in for Brandon Albert at left tackle, and you look at what Brandon Albert was due to make this season, Miami thought that they could actually kick Tunzel out to to left tackle and and really pay a lot less to get a guard in there and shore up some of the holes that this team has. Because let's face it, I mean, Miami had some phenomenal play from a lot of positions this year, but there were several positions that were big glaring dumpster fires. And I'm not pointing fingers at the outside linebackers or or Mario Williams or a couple of other folks, but it's the guard market is pretty thick this year. And and it it was really completely a business move with with Albert. I think at this point, a declining player, even though he's still got it and and, Hey, they might get some value out of the deal here when they were going to release him outright. Yeah. There's not much doubt in my mind that Albert would still be here if he were 29 or 30 years old instead of 32 going on 33 years old. So the good news is at, at both tackle spots where the play is just terrible across the league, you've got Juwan James and Laramie Tunzel who are 25 and younger, an advantage a lot of other teams don't have. So, Paul, uh, the Dolphins released Mario Williams, Earl Mitchell, and Iko Ekprealumo too. Um, somewhat salary cap moves, somewhat production. Uh, did any of these cuts surprise you? I won't say Mario Williams was a surprise. I think we all knew he was gone before the regular season ended last year. In terms of Ico, he, okay, good. You know, it, it seemed like a decent guy from what I heard, but really couldn't sniff the field. I was a little surprised at Earl Mitchell this early. I don't think his salary became guaranteed for a, maybe a month or so. I think it was probably a move to kind of be respectful to to the veteran here and and let him get out there and test the market. And, and catch on with somebody before positions got filled up. I know he wasn't a favorite of yours, but he did have his moments of production. He did have some big plays at times and, and, and really win healthy. I, I liked a lot of what I saw from him, but the emergence of Jordan Phillips made him kind of expendable. Yeah, Mario Williams wasn't a surprise. I thought Ifo was worth the, the risk at the time. Obviously, he hasn't recovered from injuries that have, have killed his career, but yeah, Earl Mitchell, I definitely liked less than you. I, I I think 
when you look at the Dolphins' play and how they've been gashed against the run, usually you see it go up against Jordan Phillips or Earl Mitchell, and it the running back slivers on down to the linebackers that aren't good enough either. You want to talk about a deep free agency class. I mean, defensive tackle is loaded. So I'm sure that that played into the role as well. Cameron Wake, two years, $19.5 million extension for a player that just turned 35 years old. Uh, you know, I got to tell you, the, the recent longevity of some of these pass rushers across the league, you look at James Harrison, who's 38, Robert Mathis, who's 37, John Abraham, who just retired a few years ago, Dwight Freeney, who played in the Super Bowl and gave the Patriots fits. I don't know. I'm starting to get a little bit more excited that Cameron Wake is going to be playing for another two years. Yeah, I thought I was going to be uh, the uh, the other side of the fence here with you, but it sounds like you're sliding into the same spot I am, which I know we talked before when it looked like the Dolphins were in rebuild mode about Wake being a value chip that Miami could use to really strengthen the team by moving the guy as well as give him the opportunity to go somewhere and, and really have a chance himself. But given the way things went this past season, I'm actually excited, especially like you said, with some of these aging pass rushers that are able to get in there and, and really elongate their career as they migrate towards being situational. And maybe we'll see Cam retire a Dolphin. I won't be sad to see him never put on another uniform. And I'm excited to see him back here. Yeah, right. Me too. And, you know, again, it, it also intensifies the need for the Dolphins to have a three and four man rotation with Cameron Way because he is at his best when he's playing 30 or 35 snaps a game and he's firing off the edge. And if the Dolphins don't have a four man rotation at defensive end, it's going to be trouble for them. Uh, but yeah, I look forward to Wake uh, continuing to be that linchpin until gas runs out. Yeah. and, and- I want to throw this in quick. I know we've got other stuff to get to. Given the fact that they released Earl Mitchell, given the fact that Miami needs some defensive end help, I, I you know I'd be remiss. I, I've got the guy's jersey from when he was a Dolphin in the past. I, I always love watching him play, no matter what team he plays for anyway. But uh, Jared Odrick did become available, and he is able to do some of those things from either a defensive end or a defensive tackle position in the 4-3 that eh, maybe he's worth bringing in here again and seeing what he can do under this regime. He's familiar with the players, and I wouldn't mind seeing the guy back in the Dolphins' uniform. Yeah, small world. Jared Odrick and Paul Soli, I both get cut. So now they're both, you know, Odrick's 29 years old. Soli, I's 32. Um, Could fill a need for the Dolphins if they want to look in that direction, both represented by former on-the-fin-side contributor David Cantor as well. So, yeah, I mean, Paul Soliai is that big icebox. One, I think that the Dolphins need. Maybe his skills have deteriorated a little bit. Jared Odrick got his big payday. Maybe the Dolphins can get him back for 4 or $5 million a year. But, again, Odrick is one of, of – when we look at free agency to begin with, a D-tackle, which we'll get into in the upcoming weeks, he's going to be one of 10 to 12 defensive linemen and defensive tackles that are going to be available for the Miami Dolphins. Moving on, the Dolphins' two releases that we haven't seen that we might are Koamisi and Deion Jordan. This has been talked about. Koamisi has had injury problems. Deion Jordan has had every other problem you can think of over the last few years. But Dolphins would save $3.6 million with Koamisi, $3.2 million with Deion Jordan. Paul, are you making these cuts? Unfortunately, I am. Deion Jordan. 
he has absolutely no trade value, even though he's got potential and, and ability uh, wrapped up in there. Koamisi, I do like him when he's able to stay healthy. Um, unfortunately, I, I can't recall a single game that this guy made it through healthy in his career. On top of that, the, the same argument can start to be made of Jelani Jenkins. So we may see a house cleaning and a restocking at that outside linebacker position slash edge rusher, rusher position in terms of those two to three guys. So not shocked by any of it, unfortunately, because a couple of my, I really was hopeful for. It's scary when you look at the front seven, if you factor in that Earl Mitchell's cut, Jordan and Nisi Mayo, Mario Williams is gone. Yeah, I mean, you, you barely have enough to put seven guys on, on your front seven to begin the season. But luckily, the Dolphins are going to have about $60 million in cap room. It'll be interesting where they spread those dollars out to. Yeah, so, uh, Paul, we've we've run through a lot here in the last 15 to 20 minutes. Uh, anything else that really sticks out at you? Not a whole lot. I mean, there there aren't too many cuts around the league that have been too surprising at this point. It, it It's a little funny to me. Every time I turn on NFL Network, it seems like you know the only three three topics in the NFL right now are the Dolphins, the Jaguars, and Victor Cruz. Nice to see Miami getting active this early. I, I do think they're a team that can really drastically improve and improve quickly this offseason, given their cap space, given the fact that the needs that they have are glaring and free agency seems to match up with it. So uh, it could be a really exciting offseason here. Depth, depth, depth is going to be the – calling card of the offseason. When you look at the team last year late in the season, even though they had some star players on their team, by the time we got into the final games and in the playoffs, you start seeing guys out there like Nick Williams and Kari Rambo. You know, late into the season, the Dolphins have to field not only a roster with stars on it, but also some depth too. So, Paul, we're going to call that a segment. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the thin side. Solo D, take us home. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the thin side. side. It ain't the left side or the right, right side. side, and it must be the thin Listen, Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what Brian Cat and Paul about to do again. We rep our team, you can't change, stop or ruin it. All we need is to figure what to do to win. Fans radio, live and direct. Win or lose, we're showing up for every contest. No puppet talk, it's all raw and unfiltered. Voice of the fans when the season looks peculiar. Rockin' Apple Orange over here, then you familiar. Every week they coming through our speakers to fulfill the crap we have to hear about our team and all the latest news. Vets, the rookies trying to make the team paying dues. Current players and alumni interviews. City to city, state to state, follow the moves. Dolphins talk set to go. Best sports team and show all across the globe. Fin ain't the left 